glad that you're all here with us today. Appreciate your presence. Our lesson for this morning is a peculiar people. And we had an interesting discussion in our Bible class about different translations. And Kirk explained why he uses the New American Standard a lot in classes. I explained why I use the New King James mostly in my sermons. But today we're going to go back a little bit to the King James. And we'll kind of go back and forth a little bit on, on some of this. But I like the King James rendering of the verses that we used in our scripture reading. And so we'll go back over those in our introduction. One of those was in 1 Peter chapter 2 and beginning with verse 9. And it says here, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Of course, the New King James Version, as Brother Kirk read from this morning, uses the word special in place of the word peculiar. But basically what it is saying here, that we have these four different things that are mentioned, that we are a chosen generation, that we are a chosen people. We are chosen by God. We are considered by Him to be a royal priesthood, a holy nation, which means we are set apart, and we are considered to be a peculiar people. In Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 14, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, or this present age, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ who gave Himself for us, that He might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto Himself a peculiar people, zealous of good work. And again, the word special is used in place of peculiar in the New King James. And the thoughts of this passage suggest that Jesus gave himself on our behalf to redeem us unto God. We are purified through the blood of Christ. We are purified from our sin or our iniquity. We are purified unto himself, as it says, a peculiar, a special people, zealous for good work. Salvation comes to us first when we, we refuse worldly lusts. Through faith and obedience we are presented to God as His own peculiar people. Now, I said all this to, to get to this point here. In schools especially, I, I think of children. But also in our jobs and in life. No one wants to be known as peculiar. But when it comes to Christianity, we're to be different. Let me tell you, it is okay to be peculiar. It is desired by God that we be a peculiar people. And I love the King James rendering of that. I just love that word. That's one that, that always sticks out in my mind. That we are to be a peculiar people. Now, human nature... 
I believe it is, that, that really says to us that we want to fit in. We have a desire to fit in. No matter where we are, we want to fit in with some group of people. We want to be accepted uh, when it comes to our, even the beginning of our lives. We want to be accepted by our parents. We want to be loved by them. We think of peculiar as strange, and, and maybe it is. I think there's a little bit of strangeness in all of us, though. But when we think of peculiarity, it's something that we often don't desire. And how about the other words that, that describe it? How about different? You know, would we be okay with being different from others? Special is also a good one here. It presents that positive aspect of peculiarity. But the whole idea that is presented in being a peculiar people is that God doesn't want us to be like the world around us. He wants us to be different. We looked at that a little bit last week and how we are regarded as far as the church. We looked at the worldly church. The church is not to be of the world. We are to be in the world but not of the world. And it's the same way with people. We are to be in the world but not of the world. God doesn't want us to be like the world. We may look at the world and we may see things that, that we might desire, things that, that we might like. Well, I would like to do this or I would like to have that, but we cannot be like the world. God wants us to be different for His sake. Showing the world who we belong to. Our lesson objectives for this morning are to learn what it means to be a peculiar people from God's perspective and to be the peculiar people that God wants us to be. That's what we want to, to learn today. I want to begin first with how the world sees us as peculiar. Because the world is going to see us differently. And again, when we look at how the world views us, it's going to be a, a view that, that maybe we don't readily desire. But it's something we have to learn as Christians. You see, the world views Christians often as negatively peculiar. Someone finds out you're a Christian, well, I knew they were somewhat peculiar, right? And they mean it in a negative sense. And that's, again, not something that we would normally desire from their point of view. And because we do not look like they do, because we do not act like they do, because we do not participate in the things that they do, and we're not supposed to, but because of all of this, we are seen by them as peculiar. And what does the Bible have to say about these things? Let's look at Titus chapter 2, verses 6 through 8. These are some of the verses that kind of uh, go around the, the verses we've already read. But in Titus 2, verses 6 through 8, Likewise exhort the young men to be sober-minded, in all things showing yourself to be a pattern of good works, in doctrine showing integrity, reverence, incorruptibility, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that one who is an opponent may be ashamed, having nothing evil to say of you. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 11 and 12, 
We are told here, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. We're to be different. We are to live differently than the world around us. Exhort the young men to be sober-minded, showing yourself to be a pattern of good works or of good conduct. Abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles. And why? Why would we want to be like this? Why do we want to live like this? If we live like the world, one of the things that we learn from Scripture is that living like the world will cost us our eternal souls. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Paul goes on to say in that letter, Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. If we do not live like God wants us to, if we choose to live like the world, we must understand that the world and the way that they live they cannot inherit the kingdom of God. If we choose to live like the world, neither will we inherit the kingdom of God. In that we are redeemed to God by the blood of Christ, we must keep ourselves from worldly sin. You see, we are to be set apart from the world. We're to be different from the world around us. We cannot choose to be the thing. We must be different. In 1 Peter chapter 1, and starting in verse 13, we read this. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. Verse 17, And if you call on the Father, who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, 
He indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead, and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. We're to be holy. We're to be set apart from the world. We're to be different than the world. That's what God wants of us. You know what? Even those of denominations see us as peculiar in some ways. Not just the world as in the, the worldly people that we live around. But denominations as well. Now how do denominations begin? Turn with me to Matthew 15, verse 1. I want to present to you an idea here. Matthew chapter 15 and verse 1. Here we read this. Then the scribes and Pharisees who were from Jerusalem came to Jesus saying, Why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. He answered and said to them, Why do you also transgress the commandment of God? Because of your tradition. For God commanded saying, Honor your father and your mother. And he who curses father or mother, let him be put to death. But you say, whoever says to his father or mother, whatever profit you might have received from me is a gift to God. Then he need not honor his father or mother. And thus you have made the commandment of God of no effect by your tradition. Hypocrites. Hypocrites. Well did Isaiah prophesy about you saying, These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, and in vain they worship me, teaching his doctrines the commandments of men. As we look at the beginning of this passage, the question was raised, why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? They do not wash their hands when they eat bread. Uh, the Pharisees viewed their own traditions, and especially this one, as doctrine. They viewed it as fact. They viewed it as something that had to be done. And at times, the same principle applies to denominations. Those of denominations have traded God's doctrine in the Bible for their own traditions, for the things that they like, the things that they want. We looked a little bit at this last week, and worship especially. Worship has changed to fit their traditions and the things that they want to see. And when, when to meet, that's something that is also changed in order to suit their needs. And at times it goes the other way. It, it, maybe it's not binding where the Bible has bound. But anything practiced without authority from God is tradition. And this is the major division between Christians, members of the Church of Christ, the church that is established by Jesus and denominations. And so they would look at us and, and they see us as peculiar. And rightly so. Because we are different. Because we do not believe, act, and worship as denominations, churches of Christ, in their eyes, are peculiar. And in dealing with those who view us as peculiar, we should remember that God wants us to be peculiar. 
Though it brings rejection in the eyes of many people. We may be rejected by family and friends who do not agree with us. But it's because we are peculiar. And God meant for His people to be a peculiar people. Remember also that Jesus Himself was rejected by the masses because He was peculiar. God does not want us to be peculiar in the eyes of the world negatively. But He wants us to be a positive peculiar. He has good reason for wanting us to be peculiar. We go back to our, one of our original passages. 1 Peter 2, verses 11 and 12. Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. Having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when you speak, or when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. This is the purpose of being peculiar. That whenever someone speaks against us, that they have no founding for what they are saying. That when they see us as different, whenever they see our good works, when they see us as Christians, they turn to God. They turn their attention to God. They glorify God in the day of visitation. Our peculiarity before the world is meant to bring attention and glory and honor to God. Not to ourselves, but to God. When people see how we live, they should want to know why and turn to God also. Our peculiarity is meant to bring souls to Christ. If Christians looked like the rest of the world, how much would Christ be seen in them? wouldn't be seen at all. If we were just like the rest of the world, there would be nothing for people to look at and say, yeah, I think he's a Christian. So we must be peculiar in that regard. But I want us to also look at how God views peculiarity. Because God's view of our peculiarity is more important than the view of the world. We want to be what God wants us to be. And so we have to, to understand what He wants us to be. When God says that He wants us to be a peculiar people, what does He mean? You know, some become ashamed to realize that they are different from their peer. You know, we see it with kids all the time. Whenever they realize that there's something different about them, Sometimes they'll even change how they act or how they behave to fit in with the in crowd, if you will. But does God want us to be ashamed of who we are? Does God want us to be ashamed to be Christians? Is that His whole idea? When He says, you'd be a peculiar people, does He want us to be ashamed? Maybe ashamed because of what others might think or feel. Or maybe we're ashamed because of, of our own feelings of inferiority. 
But let me tell you that when God tells us to be a peculiar people, He's not telling us to be ashamed. He doesn't want us to be ashamed of being a Christian. He doesn't want us to be ashamed of Him. Being a Christian is meant to be a positive thing. And it is a positive thing in His eyes. We should be glad to be able to be Christians, to be able to be a peculiar people. But let's look at what being peculiar really means from God's perspective. Titus chapter 2 and verse 14. I want to use this verse to, to kind of guide us in these thoughts. And this is going back to the King James Version here. <coughs> Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. One of the things that I want us to notice from Titus chapter 2 and verse 14 is that first of all, Jesus died for our sins. Not just because He had to. Jesus knew that He had to die in order for us to be saved. But He didn't die just because He had to in order to make that happen. But He died because He loves us. And because God loves us. This thought is presented in, I guess, the, the best way. John chapter 15, verse 13. Greater love has no man than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. And Jesus set the greatest example of that. He, he laid down his life for those that he loved. John 3.16 tells us of the Father's love. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And another important one. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 16. Are you familiar with that verse? By this we know love because He laid down His life. For us. Jesus died for our sin. We cannot know true love without having an understanding of God's love for us. As it is revealed to us in the sacrifice of Jesus' life on our behalf. God loves us. Jesus loves us. And He laid down His life so that we could be purified unto God a peculiar people. Jesus gave Himself for us that He might redeem us from all iniquity. It is through His own blood that we are redeemed to God. All of our sin and shame is removed from us in God's eyes. Whereas we are condemned by the law we are forgiven because of God's love for us. And this makes us peculiar in comparison to the world. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 6 through 8. Ephesians 5, verse 6. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. 
For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the the Lord. Walk as children of light. Not as children of darkness. Walk as children of light. See, we are redeemed under God. There's nothing that we can do to do that for ourselves. We had to have the blood of Christ to cover our sins, to take them away. And because He has done that for us, again, we can be peculiar. Jesus has purified us unto Himself, a peculiar people that we should be zealous for good works. Being purified unto Him, we now belong to Him. We are His possession and not our own. The word peculiar is translated from the Greek word herousion, something like that. And this word was also used in the Old Testament, interestingly enough. Exodus chapter 19 and verse 5. Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people. For all the earth is mine. That's how we are to view ourselves. God wants us to be like a special treasure. Just as Israel was to be a special treasure to Him above all other nations, so we as Christians are also a special people to God. We are a peculiar treasure. Something that belongs in a special sense to one's self. In this case, we belong to God. That is a quote from Donald Guthrie. When we obey the gospel, we become members of His church, members of His flock, His kingdom, His bride, and His body. We are special in regard to the world set apart for His service as according to 2 Peter 2 and verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verses 19 and 20 says this. 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 19. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. As we now belong to God, we are to be zealous for His cause. There are those who are considered to be idle talkers. Mentioned in Titus chapter 1, beginning with verse 10. For there are many insubordinate, both idle talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole households, teaching things which they ought not for the sake of dishonest gain. And picking up with verse 16, they profess to know God, but in works they deny Him, being abominable, disobedient, and disqualified, disqualified for every good work. On the contrary, Christians are to be different, special, peculiar. Titus 2, 
verse 7, and all things showing yourself to be a pattern of good works. Titus chapter 3 and beginning with verse 1 remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities to obey, to be ready for every good work. Verse 8, this is a faithful saying and these things I want you to affirm constantly that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable to men. And verse 14, And let our people also learn to maintain good works to meet urgent needs, that they may not be unfruitful. As Christians, our purpose in this life is good works. We are purposed for good works of God, glorifying and honoring Him in all that we say and to do. In Colossians chapter 1, beginning with verse 9, For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and to ask that you be filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to His glorious power, for all patience and long suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. That word qualified comes up again. We noticed that word a moment ago in Titus chapter 1 and verse 16. Those who were idle talkers and deceivers. Uh, it mentions those who are abominable, disobedient. They're disqualified for every good work. But we read here in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 12, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. It is God who qualifies us. We qualify again by obedience to the gospel. We are to be qualified by Him. We are to continue in good work. Our good works stand in contrast to the works of others, which are shameful even to speak of. Ephesians 5 and verse 12. God does not see us as strange or different or even peculiar as others might see us on earth. When he asks us to be a peculiar people, he doesn't mean that we should be ashamed in any way of him or his work or, or anything regarding who he is. But when God looks at us and says to be a peculiar people, he wants to see us as his own special people, set apart for his own special and what reason might we have for being a peculiar people 
because Jesus died for us. Jesus died to redeem us unto God. Something that we could not do for ourselves. And through our obedience, through our obedience to the gospel, to the plan of salvation, by faith, repenting, confessing Christ, and being baptized for the mission of sins, we now belong to Him. We are not our own. We are not to live for ourselves. We are to live for God. Live for Jesus, oh my brother. His disciple ever be. Couldn't think of a better song to go along with this lesson. We are to be a peculiar people. We have very good reason because Jesus died for us to make us a peculiar people. Are you peculiar? And I'm not talking about in the everyday sense that we normally would think of. But are you peculiar in Christ? Are you what God wants you to be? Are you different from the world or do you live just like the world around you? Maybe you've even obeyed the gospel, but maybe you've turned back to the world. Maybe something has led you astray and need to return unto God. But if there is some way that we can assist you today in obedience or repentance, if you need to come to Him, if you need to come back, we can help you. We would like to have that opportunity. If you'll come as together we stand and as we sing.